Your lightnings lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. So far, our text. Grace and peace, love and mercy from God our Father, through Jesus Christ, our risen Savior and Lord. Amen. Text for our meditation, the introit, selected for this, the transfiguration of our Lord, especially those words from Psalm 77. Your lightnings lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. Today is a very special day. No, I'm not talking about our celebration of the transfiguration of our Lord, the culmination of the epiphany season. That is a special day, but that's not what I'm talking about. February 2nd, it's the minor festival of the presentation of Jesus and the purification of Mary. Did you know that? We'll celebrate it on Wednesday night, February 2nd. It's a big day. February 2nd is a big day in the world this year because it's Super Bowl Sunday, right? People are traveling, people are cooking, people are anticipating the commercials or the halftime show. Maybe even some want to watch a football game. But that's not what I'm talking about either. February 2nd. When you think of February 2nd, what comes to mind? It's Groundhog's Day, right? I think 11 out of the last 12 days have been cloudy, so we had a really good percentage chance, right? Look outside, the sun is shining. Six more weeks of winter. You can't say the name Groundhog's Day without thinking about the Bill Murray movie, can you? 1993? It was pretty popular when it came out, but it has become more and more and more popular as time goes on. So popular, in fact, Roger Ebert, about 10 years, 12 years after the fact, wrote a completely different review of the movie. I didn't appreciate it at first, he said. What's so special about it? Well, many of you know what I'm talking about, but some may not. Bill Murray is a cynical, egotistical, narcissistic jerk. And he just happens to be a weatherman. And he gets the assignment that he believes is beneath him. He is to go to that goofy little town in Pennsylvania where they have the groundhog and he's supposed to give a live weather report. He's not happy. He makes his, everybody's life miserable because he's miserable. So he packs up, he goes to bed, he wakes up the next day and it's not the next day. The movie relives Groundhog Day again and again and again and again, almost an infinite number of times. 
The only person who realizes what's going on is Bill Murray. His emotions range the gamut. He goes from despair and cynicism to suicidal tendencies all the way to a resolution that something has to change. At some point in time, the light comes on for Bill Murray. We don't know how many times Groundhog Day's been repeated, maybe even thousands. But the light comes on, and he decides to go from bad to good, from evil to spiritual, maybe? Certainly from vice to virtue. It's almost a religious transformation. My friends, how many times in the midst of our depression or cynicism, how many times because of the circumstances that are going on in our world or our own selfish narcissistic sin, how many times don't we feel like we're just going through the motions, nothing ever changes, nothing ever gets better? How many times don't we feel like that old phrase that says, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting different results. Today, we celebrate the transfiguration of our Lord. In many respects, a festival of light. The light shines from Jesus because Jesus is the light. The light radiates from Jesus into the whole world, giving us a glimpse of his glory. The light shines in a dark place. That's the world. The light shines in a dark place. That's our hearts. The light of Christ shines. Have you seen the light? Do you believe in the light? Has the light transformed you? Does it make any difference in your world, in your life, that Jesus is the light of the world, the light no darkness can overcome? Or you, are you stuck in a groundhog's day that never seems to end? The text in our Introit, it's an amazing little phrase, isn't it, from Psalm 77, half of a verse. Your lightnings lighted up the world. The earth trembled and shook. They trembled and shook on top of the Mount of Transfiguration when the light of Christ shone forth, giving a glimpse of his glory. The lightning lighted up the world. What do you do when you are caught in a lightning storm? 
Soon we'll have these spring storms, and in Nebraska they almost all take place at night. You're caught in a thunderstorm, and there is no light. You can't flip the switch. It's dark. When the lightning comes, do you shake in fear or in panic? Or are you thankful that God has lit up the sky so you can see what potential danger lies ahead? You see, both are true. Both are true when the light shines. We can cower in fear or we can see what God has revealed to us. Today, the light shines in a dark place. That dark place is this world of sin. That's why Jesus came. Jesus came into this world of sin to save sinners like you and me. Throughout the season of Epiphany, we have gotten glimpses of Jesus' glory. We get to see that he's no mere mortal. He is God in the flesh, just as he claims to be. Healing the sick, raising the dead, water into wine. At his baptism in the Jordan River, the heavens are ripped open. And God declares, this is my beloved son whom I love. Listen to him. And now, on the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus gives his disciples and us a glimpse of his glory. Why? Shortly after this text, Jesus goes on to predict his own arrest and crucifixion. The Son of Man will be betrayed into the hands of sinners. He will be mocked. He will be crucified. And on the third day, He will rise again. Jesus knows the sorrow, the pain, the hurt, and the sufferings that the disciples will endure when they are faced with the reality and the consequences of sin. Sin that would even plot to kill Jesus. And so he gives them this word of comfort. He gives them this word of assurance. He gives them light. So that when they go to that dark place, the light of Christ will give them hope, peace, and encouragement. That's exactly what Jesus did, right? He took all of our sins, all of our darkness, all of our obsessions, all of the times we did not believe that God's word was true, all of the times when we thought God was holding out on us, all of our selfish ambitions. Jesus takes all of our sins to Calvary's cross. He bleeds and he dies. He is placed in the darkest dark that dark can be, in a tomb. Because he is stone cold dead. But darkness could not hold the one who knows no sin. Three days later, Jesus is alive, never to die again. And his lightning, the lightning of his resurrection, lights up the whole world. Christ has died once and for all. For all people, for all sin, for all time. 
The light shines. Do we cower in fear? Or do we give thanks for the revelation that Jesus is the light and the life of the world? My friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, you have been baptized into Jesus' death and resurrection. You have been robed with the light of Christ. And now I just simply ask you, so what? Pie in the sky when you die? Something you check out once or twice a year? Is the light of Jesus Christ, which means forgiveness, life, and salvation, anything that makes a real difference in how you think, how you move, how you act in your work ethic? Is the light of Christ anything other than a groundhog's day over and over and it just really doesn't mean anything. My friends, Christ shines the light on us. He gives us the light of life. And just like John the Baptist, we are to reflect the light of Christ in our world. John wasn't the light, but he was sent to reflect the light. You are not the light. I am not the light. Christ is the light of the world. But we as Christ's children are called to reflect the light of Christ in a dark world. The intro goes on and it talks about how lovely is your dwelling place, O Lord. My soul longs, even faints, for the courts of the house. Does your soul long and faint to be in church? To hear the word of God and receive the gifts of God? It goes on. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. I don't know. Tents of wickedness are kind of fun once in a while, right? I'll just snuff out the light of Christ in my life just for this one weekend. Just for this one business trip. Isn't that how we live our lives all too often? No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. Aren't most of our complaints about God the fact that we think he is holding out on us? My friends, the light of Christ is for you. The light of forgiveness, life, and salvation is yours. As you bask in the glow of the light of Christ... Live in the light, trust the light, and reflect that light in whatever station God has placed you. My friends, today, today we remember and we honor the sanctity of human life. It's kind of a tough topic to talk about in the church, right? Well, of course it is. As soon as you start talking about the sanctity of human life, People 
immediately cry foul. Oh, you can't talk politics in the church. My friends, do you realize what a lie of Satan that is? That anything God's word clearly teaches, like the sanctity of human life, could be only something that, that is political in nature? The sanctity of life is as American as it gets. You don't even have to be a Christian for that. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. This is the American way, right? Well, unless you have life, it's pretty hard to have liberty and the pursuit of happiness. That's why they're in that order. God's word is clear. Life, human life, is sacred. And yet the darkness of a culture of death hangs over this country, hangs over this world like a shroud. Most of the time, brothers and sisters in Christ, we don't have enough guts to speak up. We don't want to reflect the light of truth on this or maybe any other topic because we're more worried about our paycheck. We're more worried about our popularity. We're more worried about being on the right political team. My friends, God's word is clear. Life is sacred because he creates it. Life is sacred because when we fell into sin, he sent Jesus to redeem it. This culture of death is not just an American phenomenon. Do you realize what the number one cause of death is worldwide? Abortion. Abortion worldwide. 42.3 million abortions last year. 42.3 million worldwide. Nearly a million of those in America. That's more than cancer and auto accidents and heart disease and just about every other thing that you can think of wrapped up into one. All of them combined. Where's the outrage? Where's the cry? You've had the news on this last week. The coronavirus, I can't even say it, starting in China, causing a worldwide panic. We need to pay attention. God has given us the gift of doctors and medicines. We need to be on top of this. About 300 people have died from the coronavirus. 42.3 million people died last year in abortions. Not one word of protest. 61 million babies have been aborted in America since 1973. Abortion is the leading cause of death in America. It, this has caused 
a devaluing of life. This abortion culture has caused a springboard of all kinds of darkness and sin. People have clearly linked abortion and sex trafficking. People have clearly linked abortion and euthanasia. People have clearly linked abortion and pornography. People have clearly linked abortion and drug addiction, especially methamphetamines. People have clearly linked abortion and suicide. Suicide rates have gone up 40% in the last 20 years. 45% in South Dakota. People are being taught that life doesn't matter. OBGYNs and other health, health professionals are being pressured in many places to perform abortions or assist with euthanasias or they will lose their job. Several states have proposed legislation to do away with religious exemptions and conscience rules. Where's the outrage? Are people in the church even aware? Much less protesting or shining the light of Christ's word? You know, physician-assisted suicide, euthanasia, happy death, doesn't that make it sound better? It's in many places in our country already. Well, you know, pastor, these people must be really, really sick to consider that. Well, you better be careful, folks. You better be careful who's making the decision for you. Our neighbors to the north, Quebec, had 1,331 doctor-assisted suicides last year. Three of those were for broken hips. My friends, over the last 30 years, we've heard our country go from let's keep abortion safe, legal, and rare to you want to buy a t-shirt and celebrate your abortion? My friends, today we let the light of God's word shine in our heart and in our life. The light of law that should strike terror into us. The light of law which exposes our apathy, our failed confessions, and our bad confessions. And the light of Christ's love which is forgiveness, life, and salvation. A light that transforms us 
Not because we saw some cute and clever movie, but it transforms us by the power of God's Word through the forgiveness of sins. From vice to virtue. So, brothers and sisters, how can we share and shine the light of Christ right here and right now? We can all work together to support diapers and food and medical assistance for young mothers that are contemplating a difficult choice or maybe who have already made the choice for life. We can encourage them. Maybe we can help with the rent. We can encourage young men who are all too willing to make a baby to be responsible for their actions and to be a true man so that children have a husband or a mom and a dad in the household. We can be champions for adoption and foster care. In the church, we can have a renewed commitment to teaching the truth that God is a creator God. We can now finally say publicly, evolution is a lie. It is contrary to God's word. God is a creator God. And as a creator God, all life comes from him. And as the foundation of our witness, we have that light of Jesus Christ, which is forgiveness, life, and salvation. None of us ever want our idolatry confronted, whether it's being selfish and narcissistic, or whether it's being afraid to speak the truth. My friends, Christ's lightning lighted up the world. Forgiveness, life, and salvation is yours in Jesus. Together, brothers and sisters in Christ, as we reflect the light of Jesus and the truth of his word, God will use us to light up the world for him. May God grant it to us for Jesus' sake. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep our hearts, our minds, our lives, our confessions in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.